I uh, told you this morning that I was going to share with you everything that I know about farming. And so in the next 20 seconds, I'm going to do that because I don't know anything about farming. I really don't. I, 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 my father-in-law, uh, Nancy's stepdad, is a farmer. and He, he owns and, and farms a, a little over 2,000 acres up in Illinois, and, and so I spend some, some time there from time to time, but mostly when I'm there, I'm on a four-wheeler or something like that. I'm not doing any farming. He doesn't ask me to participate. I wonder why. But he, he doesn't ask me to say, hey, can you, can you drive this? Can you do this? Can you do that? He just, he just knows. That's just the way that it is. I, I, I have such admiration, though, for people who, who do work like that because I know, for one, I have neither the knowledge or the skill to, to do those things. And I realize, having seen my father-in-law now, Nancy and I have been together either dating or now married for over 12 years, and so I've been around them quite a bit. And, and, and having seen him just year in and year out what he deals with and, and the, the patience that it requires and the endurance and, and just the consistency over time to be able to do something like that. I, I, my, I'm not sure my personality uh, lends itself to that all the time. I think it would take me a while to be able to work up to that. You know, I've learned some about, about what he does and, 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 again, just so have so much respect for what he does and for... Uh, for those of us that uh, that are in this congregation that do that, uh, I remember back when I was in high school, and we, I played for a for a baseball coach in high school who required us to work on our field all the time. That was one of the things that was known throughout our part of the county there in Jefferson County, Louisville. That that was what we did. We you know we we were the team that always was working on the field. We had a really nice field. We worked on it all the time. But we, our coach called us his Egyptians, building his pyramids. You know, that's what we were doing. We were, we were working on his field to make it great. And, and if, if you ever get the chance and you're seeing that baseball field, it's incredible. And I had something to do with that. You know, not much because I don't know what I'm doing, but I did some. And so, anyway, I remember we would spend time out there laying sod and, and, and making the field look right and raking this and, and doing a little upkeep here and there and all that kind of stuff. And I remember my coach walked up to me one day. I was probably a senior in high school by that time, and he had seen me for four years working on that field. And, and you know, when by that time he had a pretty good idea of, of which kids knew what they were doing and which ones just kind of talked like it and acted like it, and I was one of them. And so he walked up to me one day, and, and after, I guess, giving me some, some jobs to do on the field, he looked at me and he says, Burns, he said, I sure hope you, you find a job one day where you can, you can use your brain. He said, because if you have to work with your hands, you're going to start a death. <laughs> and I said, thank you, coach. I'll do that. And so here I am. And so, uh, so the jobs that I have pursued uh, have, have been jobs where I can use my mind more than I have to work with my hands because he was right. I'm, I, just by nature, that was not how I was, was raised in, a, in a, a home where we did farming and that kind of stuff. That was just wasn't what we did. I never learned that kind of thing. I, I, I tell people all the time, and I, and I say it, and maybe it sounds really bad against me. I don't know, but I knew baseball and I knew church growing up. That was it, and, and that really was it. I, didn't, I don't know how to work on a car. I don't know how to make things. That's just the way it is. And some of you think, well, good grief. You don't know anything. That's exactly right. I'm okay with it. You know, I've dealt with all that stuff. It's all behind me now. I'm okay. I'm not, I'm not uh, self-conscious anymore. I, I just know if something happens, I'm going to call somebody. You know, I know how to use a phone, too. So anyway, 
But, you know, I enjoy doing yard work and cutting the grass and doing little things like that, and, and yet I realize I'm not the guy that's going to plant the flowers and nurture them and, and, and wait for them to grow. I'm by the ones that are already grown, so at least they got some life in them before I kill them. You know what I mean? And so that's, that's the way that it is. I, you know, and so, but I realize, you know, we live in a, in a farm community right around here. You know, if you live right in this area, it's a farm community. And, and, and it, is, it has been a breath of fresh air for me because I've, I've always lived in the city either in Louisville or Atlanta, and, and neighborhoods are just packed in. So it's kind of nice, you know, just relax a little bit, it seems. A very normal and reasonable pace of life, much different than you would find the unreasonable and crazy pace of life in a major city. And, and so, uh, but I realize we live in a farm community. Some of you do that part-time. Some of you farm full-time. That's what you do. That's how you make your living. Some of you maybe used to do that. Maybe you, you've since moved on or retired from that sort of line of work, or maybe you've got a family member that does that, or maybe you rent land out to somebody and they farm the land, and uh, maybe you just know lots of farmers. You talk with them and, and, and you know, you solve the problems of the world up at the store there with them and that kind of thing. I don't know, but, but you know, it's, uh, there, no matter what you may or may not know about farming, here's what I know, okay? This is, this, you're, you're about to get it right here. This is... This is universal. I can't help but know this because it's true. You, you have to. This is what I've learned. Now, this is, this is monumental, so pay attention. It is, it is this principle that, that has to be in place. You have to plant good seed in good ground in order to have a chance at a good crop. Isn't that impressive? That's what I know. That's what I know. But isn't that, I mean, it's, it's, thank you very much. At least one person who is extremely sarcastic, I'm sure. Anyway, but you know, that's just the simple truth. It doesn't matter really what you know or don't know about farming. That, that principle is true, period. You've got to have good seed planted in good ground if you're going to have a chance of good crop. You've got to do things right. And you've got to do them over and over and over again. It, 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 there's no way of getting around that. There's no way of beating the system. If you're a farmer or know somebody who is, you know there's no way to get around it. You're going to plant in the spring, you're going to try to harvest in the fall, and there ain't a whole lot you can do to make that any different. Uh, you know, unless you move somewhere or something like that, the weather's not going to be a whole lot different. You're not going to be able to speed up the process. You can't shortcut it. And anybody who tries is a fool. You've probably known somebody. If, you're, if you've been a farmer or if you know somebody, lived in this community a while, you probably have known somebody. There's probably stories out there of somebody who tried to shortcut the process and they over-fertilized and they did this and they did that and they didn't plant at the right time. They tried to harvest too soon. They're just trying to take a shortcut. It doesn't work. I and mean, it just it's foolish to even try that. And, 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 and in farming, we would, we, it makes sense. Well, yeah, you know, you, you do things at a certain time. You repeat the process each year. You plant the good seed in the best ground that you got, and you do the right things, and hopefully you produce a good crop. That's just the way that it is. And so it, it takes time. It takes hard work. And, and it's ridiculous for somebody to think they can do it any other way. And, and I realize that in thinking of all of that, there are certain things that are true about farming that are, that are true about life as well. Uh, Jesus obviously talked a lot and used different examples about farming and so on. The Bible is full of examples like that. And, and, and so I want us tonight, we're going to look at an example like that that I believe just has direct parallels. It, 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 the language that, that Paul will use tonight is farming type of language, and it, it is directly related to our lives. So if you got your Bible, check it out with me in Galatians chapter 6. We're going to look at verses 7 through 10. I don't have it on the screen tonight, so I apologize if, if that's how you've uh, uh, have enjoyed it. I apologize. I wasn't able to get to that uh, this evening. 
but I'll, I'll make sure that I that I read it to you, and and uh, so you can uh, can follow along, even if even if you didn't bring a Bible or, or won't see it on the screen. Uh, this this uh, obviously is continuing our series. Again, we'll finish this up next Sunday morning and Sunday evening, and uh, and we, Lord willing, we'll uh, we'll begin a series the following week on the twenty second of March, uh, uh, leading up to Easter, sort of an Easter themed series. And what we're going to focus on, just kind of as a preview, I, I try to tell you all on Sunday night, at least as an incentive, maybe you know something that somebody else doesn't, so maybe you'll come back, but. Um, but we're going to focus on the last words of Jesus Christ. Uh, the last words, not just on the cross, but that whole week leading up to the cross and, and then after the cross as well. He had a lot of things to say in, in those, those, that last week right before his death and then those 40 days after his resurrection. He had a lot of things to say. And, and the premise will be this for that next series, that, that if, you, if you want to understand the will of God, if you want to understand what he's really all about, you've got to understand his heart. You've got, to know, you've got to know him. And if you want to understand his heart, Jesus said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so if you want to understand his heart, you've got to understand what he said. And so we're going to take that premise, looking at Jesus, and really try to see what was his heart, even as he's leading up to his crucifixion and, and, and after that. So that'll be the next series that we go to. But, but we're going to finish this series uh, on Galatians next Sunday, and we'll have a message called "He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother," and I, you know, I, that's what we'll talk about next week. We'll look at uh, the first few verses of Galatians chapter six. Tonight, we're going to focus on the middle verses. It says this, verse seven: "Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he will also reap." And that's just that's what we just talked about. It's just a fact of life. No getting around that. Don't be an idiot, basically what Paul is saying. Don't believe something that's not true. You're a fool to believe that you can put into life something and get something else different out of it. Uh, it, it uh, this is something you can believe. Take it to the bank. It's just the way it is. You can't beat the system, uh, no matter how hard you try. You been there? You ever tried in life? Boy, I know I have. To sort of circumvent the system, and, and I'm going to, yeah, you know, here's what I kind of want out of life, but I don't really want to be patient for it. I don't want to be diligent and I just kind of want it to happen and so we try that and it never works because you reap what you sow that's just a fact of life it's interesting you know we there are certain things maybe we think well you know God ought to be more involved in this maybe he ought to interrupt the process there are just some natural laws that God has put in place one of them is this you reap what you sow what you put in is what you're going to get out some of us are experiencing that today you look back over the last 10 years of your life the last five years of your life and I guarantee you because I'm the same way. If you look back over those last five to ten years, what you're experiencing now, who you are now, is a result of the habits and the things you did over the last five to ten years. Good, bad, or otherwise. That's the way it is. You're, you're reaping benefits now from the last five to ten years. Good decisions you made. Investments. Just even financial stuff maybe that you did that now during an economic downturn you're saying, you know what, I, I, I think we're okay. Or... Or the flip side could be true as well, not just financial, but just in decisions. Life, life has consequences, and you reap what you sow. Maybe you look over the last five to ten years, and you say, you know, I really think that if I had made a different decision, life probably would, wouldn't be the way it is. It may be a little bit better. It may, it, you know, whatever. And so uh, Paul makes it clear. I mean, he's just basically telling us, look, don't be foolish. Don't be stupid. Understand this. It's true that you reap what you sow, what you put into life, uh, you'll get out of it. Taking shortcuts is going to catch up with you in the long run, and you can't do it. In verse 8, he says this, 
Because the one who sows to the flesh, we talked about that this morning, will reap corruption from the flesh. But the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. And so you kind of you got two different kinds of seeds that you can put in the ground. you got the ones that are going to produce stuff that the flesh produces, sort of what we looked at this morning, the results of all that. And then you got the ones that are going to produce the stuff that God's Spirit wants to produce in you. So you've got two different kinds of seeds, and the results are going to be absolutely predictable. If you plant corn in the ground, corn is going to grow. I know that about farming. I'm pretty good. See, you all going to walk away impressed. Our pastor's so smart. Boy, he's incredible. He knows if you put seed in the ground and it's corn, it's going to grow corn. Man, isn't he impressive? You tell all your friends, right? And so some of you walk away saying, my pastor's an idiot. No, it's fine. Okay. I understand that too. No problem. We'll, we'll, we'll be there. But the, the truth is, if you plant corn in the ground, corn's going to grow. You plant beans, you're going to get beans. You plant wheat, you're going to get wheat. It's just the way that it is. It, you, there's, no, there's no guesswork. Now, it, it may be guesswork on how much you're going to get and all that. I understand that. There's very other variables there. But you plant corn, that's what's going to grow. If, if you are in your life planting and sowing and investing toward a certain thing, that's what's going to happen in your life. We looked at it this morning. If, if you're living according to that sinful nature, if I'm doing that too, what's going to happen? I'm going to have those, those categories Paul talked about. They're going to come into my life. But if I'm, if I'm investing and sowing and planting toward the Spirit, then I'm going to have what God produces in my life. And so you're going to grow whatever kind of seed you put in the ground. That's Paul's point. Look at verse 9. So we must not get tired of doing good. Uh, for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Uh, your version may use words that are a little bit different. Don't grow weary. Don't, don't, don't stop. Don't give up in doing what you're doing. So... Paul's basically saying here, you know, here's, here's the hard part. Okay, here's the simple truth. You reap what you sow. What you put in the ground is what's going to grow. What you put into your life is what's going to be produced in your life. What you're focused on is what's going to happen. And so then he says, the hard part is this, though, because I, I think the wording of this, when he says that we, we must not get tired of doing good, it implies that doing good can make you tired. It, it can wear you out. It can become something that you just think, Oh, is this ever going to pay off? And, and I, I know from, from experience, I had the opportunity this past weekend, Friday and Saturday, to, uh, on behalf of my friend who is the interim uh, youth pastor at my home church, he asked me to come and to speak to the teenagers there on Friday and Saturday at a retreat they were having. And, and I, I just was immediately taken back to the frustrations that I felt so often of thinking, is anything that I'm doing working? Are any of these kids getting it? You know, I mean, do they, ever, do they even understand? I mean, good grief, I keep I'm thinking I'm doing the right things here, but I'm just not seeing any results. Maybe in your life it's the same way. Maybe it's not just that on behalf of somebody else. Maybe it's just habits. You're just trying to form a new habit. You're not seeing any benefits from it. Or you're trying to stop doing certain things, but you say, good grief, is it, I mean, this is, this is hard. Sometimes doing good things wears us out. The harvest may take a while. You know, it, you, don't, you don't plant in the spring and, and then harvest a couple weeks later. I mean, it takes a while. It's just the way that it is. And, and, and so farmers know you've got to be patient. You know, if you see some young farmer get into it and he's impatient and he's ready to, you know, get things out of the ground a little too soon, he's not going to have a real good crop. You've got to understand that it, that it takes a while. It doesn't happen immediately. And, 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 and that, that harvest in our own lives, what we want to see happen, it doesn't happen immediately. And, and, and I, I have to be honest, I, I don't think it ever happens when we think it should. You've been there too? You say, God, I think that should have happened a while back. 
We ought to be past this. God, I, yeah, you know what? I love you, but come on. And make something happen here. I'll tell you what, I, I deal with that. I deal with that same stuff. It, it just doesn't happen when immediately or when we think it should. And, and it, but, but he says, but you'll reap if you don't give up. So that implies that you'll want to give up. He's, he's encouraging the people, look, keep going. Don't get tired. Don't give up. Which would then lead me to believe that there's a great propensity for us to get tired and want to give up. Christian life is, is not for the faint of heart. Uh, that's, that's for sure. Now, the, the Bible makes it clear, Jesus does, that if you take Him upon you, that, that life will be full of peace and joy, and you'll, you'll experience Him in ways that lifts the burdens of life, but it doesn't mean that it's easy. And so in our lives, there's going to be times when we want to give up. We just want to cash it in and say, you know what? If living a Christian life is going to be tough, then I don't want anything to do with it, because I just want everything to be fine. I want to shortcut the process. We, we, we realize, okay, what I, what I sow is what I'm going to reap, but, you know, I don't want to work hard for it. And that's sometimes the way that we are, so we want to give up. And there are times when God is silent. There are times when, when, when life just doesn't make any sense. There are times when, when people do things for seemingly no reason, regardless of how we try to relate to them. And, and I know from, from my life all those things are true. There are times when God's just flat not said anything to me. I just think, God, I'm, I'm still praying. What's going on? I'm still reading the Bible. Lord, I mean, why ain't you talking? What, what's the deal? You know, God, I'm trying to do everything right, but life, dude, this doesn't make any sense. I don't understand why that happened. It doesn't make sense. Or, God, I've tried to do everything I can to love on that person, and that's what they say to me. That's how they treat me. I mean, sometimes it, it gets tough. Sometimes we get tired of doing the right things because we don't see the immediate payoff. I think Paul's hitting on that because the question then is, you know, if that's the case, then what are we going to do then? Paul says, don't get tired. He says, don't, don't give up. So, so he's saying basically keep going, keep planting those seeds, keep watering those seeds. And, and I thought about this. I thought, you know, if, if Paul is, is implying that there are seeds that we should be planting in our life, what, what are they? What are those different things that we ought to be putting in the ground, so to speak, that we're trying to grow in our lives? And I thought of, of just sort of three general categories, I think, that sort of encompass a lot of different things. One is that is the vertical category that between us and God. There ought to be seeds that we're planting in our relationship with Him. Think about it. What does God call us to do? He calls us to trust Him. I wonder how often I'm planting seeds of trust in God in my life. Just just small little things that I say, you know what, God, in this I'll trust you. And I just put one more seed in the ground. And, and, and okay, God, you know what, you brought another situation, I'm going to trust you. Or, or maybe there's some situation where I just know I just need to do what God said. It doesn't make any sense. I'm, I'm, I don't like it, but I just need to do what God said. And so I plant a seed of obedience in my life. And, and then the next situation comes up, maybe you just say, you know, okay, God, I, I, I trusted you, I obeyed you the last time, I'll do it again. We also plant seeds, I think, with God of praise. They're saying, God, you are incredible. I, can't, I, I don't even know what to say about you. God, what you've done in my life is amazing. I'm going to give you praise. I'm going to say it with my lips. I'm going to talk about how great God is. We plant those seeds. We, we plant seeds, I think, when we repent of our sin. We, we turn away from those things. We go to God and say, you know what? This was wrong. I recognize it's wrong. It's sin. We plant those seeds. Seeds of prayer and Bible study. Things that we talked about like those disciplines this morning. In our vertical relationship with God, those are the types of seeds to plant that eventually will bring the harvest of the relationship with God that you've longed for 
for all your life. And it just compounds, and you do it year after year, and day after day, and month after month, just like those farmers putting the seed in the ground, in the good ground, over and over and over again. And we begin to see our relationship with God really become what it should be. And then there's that horizontal relationship that we share with other people. And, and the seeds that we plant there are seeds of love, regardless of if somebody deserves it or not. None of us deserve any love, let's be honest. None of us do. In and of ourselves, we're useless. But, but because God created us, that gives us some value, which should then in turn require love on our part. And so we plant seeds of love. Then forgiveness. You realize that the, the level, this is, this is one of the hardest things for me to deal with. The level of forgiveness that God calls us to is a level of forgiveness He's extended to us. And, and that, I'll be honest with you, is, is very difficult. I think you probably can relate, I, I, would, I would guess. We realize I've been set free from all my sins. I deserve eternal punishment in hell, but God said, no, I'm not holding that against you anymore. And then somebody says something to me, cuts me off in traffic, honks their horn and screams at me like that lady did, and then what am I going to do? Am I going to forgive? Or somebody who's very close to me, maybe that's easy to do because she drove away. Somebody who's very close to me, who's supposed to love me and be committed to me, does something, says something, responds in a certain way. Jesus said, forgive just as I have forgiven you. Hmm. Plant seeds of forgiveness, of acceptance, of patience, of just putting up with people even when it's hard. Plant those seeds in your life and watch them grow. Of faithfulness, of submission, of not always having to get your way. What if? What if tomorrow, when you got up, you went to, to work or through your daily routine, around your family, or at home, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, if you just said, you know what, today... When opportunity arises, when the ground is open, and there's the opportunity to plant a seed to either have my way or say, you know what, I don't always have to have my way. I'm going to throw in a seed of submission. I'm going to throw in a seed that says, you know what, my rights are not all important. That's not what I'm about. I'm about helping other people see Jesus. I'm going to submit. What, What if we planted those types of seeds? And then I think there are internal seeds that we ought to be planting as well. The seeds of joy. Of just saying, you know what, I, these circumstances are rotten, but I know God is good. I know that God is still there. I know He still loves me. That brings me some joy and some peace about life. The internal seed of simplicity, we, we talked briefly about that this morning. And this is a challenge for me just to say, you know what, I'm a manager, not an owner. And what if the next time that, that you were faced with the situation of being selfish with what you have or being generous with what you have, you planted the seed to say, I'm not, a, I'm not the owner of this. I'm a manager, and I will freely give as God calls me to. And then, you know, the, the, inner, the internal seed of just humility, just looking for others' needs before your own, treating other people as better than yourself. I think Paul sort of brings us to this point, and... and, and and as we continue the theme of just life without chains, each one of these, maybe you've gotten tired of these by now, but each one of these sort of begins with life without chains is possible. Uh, and, and this one is when you consistently sow what you really want to reap. All, all of those things lead up to this. If you want to live free, then consistently sow what you really want to reap. What you really want to get out of the ground is what you're going to put in it. You don't put something in there expecting something else. The way it is, very simple. In my life, if I want to really reap something, that's what I'm going to invest in. And so I, I guess the, the challenge then for us and for me 
as individuals is to decide what, what we want. Think of your life in a month. Think of your life in a year, in five years, in ten years, and Lord willing, in 20 or 30, whatever it may be. Think of your life tomorrow. <clears throat> what do you want it to be? Really. And, and I don't say that as a, well, go, you know, make a bucket list of things that you're going to do before you kick the bucket. You know, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking, really, what do you want your life to be about? Where do you want yourself to be spiritually with Jesus next month, next year? What are the things that you say, you know, I really want to learn some more about this. I want to see God in this area of my life. Where, what is it? I, I don't know for you. I have some ideas for me. And I think that Paul leads us to the simple truth that it's time to decide what, what are we going to become. Because what we're planting in our lives now is what we will become. You want to become a person of, of, of love and forgiveness? Start planting those seeds. Because there will be an opportunity to see that come to fruition. You're going to need some love and forgiveness in a situation that's bigger than what you're dealing with right now. And if you plant those seeds now, it'll grow. You, you want to see God really do some things in your life? Then plant the seeds of trust and obedience. That's what God calls us to. He doesn't call us to following all the rules. Paul made it clear. He just said, trust me and obey me. Plant those seeds. You want to have some, some, some inner peace and, and, and serenity? Begin to plant those seeds and see things from God's perspective. You want to not be so caught up in, in what the world is doing and materialism and all that stuff? Plant some seeds. Give something away. I don't know what it takes. Plant those seeds because we, we will become later what we're planting now. And, and here's the great truth. Some of us will say, well, good grief, it's too late for me. I mean, I'm gone. You know, I've just, I've planted, you don't even understand the seeds I've planted in my life. I mean, I look like I'm happy on the outside and all that stuff, but man, I'm telling you, there's some seeds in there. If they grow, I'm in trouble. It's never too late to switch seeds. Never too late. Never too, never too early, never too late to switch seeds. Paul makes it clear, you got two seeds, you got an option. You can either sow and plant the seeds that are going to reap the stuff in that, that flesh, sinful category. You can begin planting the seeds that are going to reap the benefits of the fruit of the Spirit. And it's never too late to switch seeds. At any point in the ballgame, any time of the year, the great thing about the way God works is that it's not just only in the spring can you plant and only in the fall can you harvest. Well, the way He works spiritually is, you know what, start planting now. It doesn't matter when it is. Start planting tomorrow. Start planting the next day. It doesn't make any difference. Change seeds in the middle of the ballgame if you need to because if that's what you need to do, then start and God will bring the harvest that He wants. He finishes in verse 10 with this, and we'll, we'll close with this thought. <clears throat> he, he talks about planting, sowing, reaping, all that stuff, deciding what you're going to plant and all that. And then he says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, we must work for the good of all, especially for those who belong to the household of faith. As we have opportunity, basically what that phrase there means is while you're still here. Kind of too late once you're gone. While you're still here, it's not, well, if God presents an opportunity, then I'll do some good for somebody. That's not, that's not what it means. It means while you still got breath in your lungs, while you're still, still here in this setting, while you're still in this life stage, while, you're, while your kids are still around you, while, while your parents are still here, while, 
while your family is, whatever it may be, while you're, while you're still working at that place, while you're still attending this church, whatever you're still doing, wherever you find yourself, Paul says, that's when, that's, that's the opportunity that you have. So as we have opportunity, we, we all do. He says, work for the good of everyone. So those seeds that we're planting are to be universal. They're not just focused on us. They're to have some benefit for everyone. And he says it's, it's universal. We don't get to pick and choose who those horizontal seeds are going to go to. That'd be nice, though. I'll be honest with you. If God gave us some out there to say, you know what, you can be nice to this person, but that person's a jerk. Don't talk to them. That'd be great. I'd, I'd love to be off the hook with stuff like that. It doesn't work that way, but I'd love it if it were. You know, that's, it, you know if I were God, the world would be messed up. Okay, but, but, that's, but I would love it. Man, I wouldn't have to worry about that stuff. I'd get off the hook. I would, there'd be no responsibility for me whatsoever. Wouldn't that be great? You know, if somebody was mean to me, I'd just be mean right back to them, and I'm okay, because I'd be justified. God doesn't work that way. He doesn't give us the opportunity to pick and choose which horizontal seeds that we're going to plant, which person we're going to love, which person we're not. He says, as far as you have opportunity, which means that tonight you have opportunity. Tomorrow, Lord willing, if we all wake up, you're going to have opportunity. And he says, because of that, Extend that good seed to everybody, to all that you come into contact with. So it, it's universal. We, we are to plant those in every relationship, whether they're good relationships or bad. And he says, though, it's also specific, and that we are to do good especially to other Christians. Our love and, and doing good for each other, the Bible makes this so clear, and, and it breaks my heart. I want you to know it breaks my heart every time I see a church that splits Every time I see a church that uh, that has just infighting and, and that kind of just oh it just it breaks my heart. Not because I, I think well, you know they ought to just get over all that. That's not even the point. It just our love for each other or lack thereof is a, is a huge testimony about Jesus Christ. It is because if Satan can divide the body of Jesus Christ and somebody, I mean, what if somebody said of of you or of me? Well, you know they love Jesus, but they they can't stand Christians. They hate them. They might be a Christian, but they don't like them. I mean, that doesn't even make sense. You know, but I guarantee you, if you know a lot of Christians, you know there's some Christians out there who claim to love Jesus but can't stand other Christians. Now, sometimes for good reasons, we might have problems with Christians. I understand that. But it is to be especially that we do good for those, the Bible says, in the household of faith. It's a testimony to the world. They will know, Jesus said, that we're his followers if we love one another. Now, that doesn't mean that we're playing favorites or anything like that. It's just especially toward each other as Christians because that's the testimony about Jesus Christ that people will see. If we're divided, if we're divided, then, then what good is our testimony? And so he says, it's not playing favorites. You don't pick or choose. Is it the world or is it Christians we're going to love? You, just, you love everybody. You, you treat everybody with, with goodness. But it's especially toward the household of faith, he says. And so... Healthy relationships with God, with other people, and then with ourselves internally, those things are waiting out there for us. You can have the right relationship with God and with other people and, and with yourself. The various voices that may be in your head and all that kind of thing. You know, I, I have those from time to time. But you know, you can have those right relationships. They await if you sow the right seeds. If you plant the right things now in your life, and if you consistently do it, even when you feel like stopping and giving up, and even when you feel like it's a little bit tired, because when you do those things, when you lean in like that, 
And God then brings the harvest. You get to celebrate what God begins to do in and through you. And it's things that you've not yet even imagined. I, I wish I could tell you that if you plant seeds of love and forgiveness in your life, that this particular thing is now going to happen. All I know is that when we trust and obey God and follow His Word, and if we do what He's saying tonight, and we plant the right seeds in our life, that God is faithful to His Word. And when He says that we'll reap a harvest, I don't know what that's going to look like, but I know it's going to happen. And I know that it'll be something that is better than any harvest I could have imagined. It'll be better than what I thought I was going to get as a result of it. And it may take some time and it's going to take some hard work. But if I will not give up, I will reap, it says, at the proper time. I think it works for us both individually and collectively. There are going to be some things individually that you'll face this week that are going to require you to plant a seed, to, to sow toward the Spirit. What am I going to do? Am I going to follow God or not? Am I going to plant a seed of love and forgiveness or am I going to take what I think I deserve? With God this week, it's going to be real easy for us to kind of get lulled to sleep because we won't be in church. What are we going to do when we continue to plant those seeds with God that will lead us to a better relationship with Him? And in doing so, I really believe that we'll experience the harvest that God wants for each of us individually. And then collectively, as we move forward, wherever God leads us to go, whatever He calls us to do, whatever difficult things He wants us to tackle, if we as a church will begin to plant those seeds and say, well, you know what, we're going to reach out to people. We're going to love them because they exist. Not because of what they can do for us. They may never even come in our doors, but we're going to love them anyway. And we're going to offer forgiveness and we're going to extend the love of Jesus into this community as best we know how. We're going to get creative with it. We're going to do whatever we can to get Jesus out in our community. We do those things. It's going to sometimes get a little bit tough. We're going to feel like giving up. And I'll probably be one of those right there with you. Sometimes feel like giving up. But you know, we don't see what God is doing. We don't see what's happening under the ground. We don't see what God is doing in somebody's heart and life that's just not evident. Because if only we counted that, hey, they came to church, woo-woo, there's the harvest. Maybe that wasn't the harvest God was really looking for. Maybe there's something on the inside He's doing. And so in those times, both individually and collectively, when it gets hard, let's follow the words of Paul. He says, don't give up. Don't quit. Even when you get tired, even when you feel like it's all over, I'm throwing in the towel. Lean into God. Continue to plant those seeds, and we'll reap a harvest. The only thing I know about farming is if you put good seed in good ground, you've got a good chance at a good crop. That's all I know. And one thing I know about walking with Jesus is if you'll plant good seed in your life you'll allow God to do a good work in you and you've got a great chance a guaranteed chance of seeing some really good things happen inside you and seeing burdens being lifted and freedom being given and just things inside of you changing regardless of what happens on the outside man wouldn't that be great that's the life God has called us to, no matter if you are young, old, or somewhere in between. It's never too late, never too early to change seeds. So if you need to change seeds, do it. Do it. Decide who you want to be and partner with God to make it happen. And plant seeds to reap those, that fruit of the Spirit, that life that God wants you to have. It's possible.
I hope that my journey is just one right after another of just continuing to plant seeds, even when I get tired of it. I'll pray for you, you pray for me, and maybe together we'll see God do some really neat stuff in each of us, young, old, or in between. I was talking to somebody this this weekend that uh, an old friend of mine that I ran into and and I you know just asking me how the church was going or whatever and I don't even know what people mean when they ask that how's the church going we show up every Sunday I guess we're okay I don't know you know and so I just tell them you know I try to tell them about you I mean that's all I I don't know what else to say and so it it does it does me no more good than to see young people old folks everybody in between acting and and behaving as if we're all just beginning you know what today is a brand new day I'm going to plant good seed today you know what tomorrow I'm going to wake up if I didn't plant good seed yesterday you know what Lord forgive me that's wrong I'm moving on I'm going to plant good seed today I mean what it's amazing to see I get so encouraged by our folks that are in the, the latter years of life that seem to be just beginning just excited about what God is doing just genuinely excited about it. I love when young people get excited. They get their whole life ahead of them. Just get excited about what God is doing. And then the folks that are right in the middle, they're not sure if they're young or old or wherever they are, but they're just saying, you know what, I'm just going to start again every day. What if we plant a seed like that every single day? I think God would do something amazing. Let's close in prayer, and then we'll have a song and, and get out of here. God, thank you so much for the seed that you want to plant in our lives. God, I pray that we'd be open to it that we'd choose the right seed, and, Lord, that we would uh, would reap the benefits of that. God, ultimately, far beyond us just having a better life or anything we, we may be thinking of now, God, I pray that ultimately the seed that is planted in our life, the seed that's planted in the life of this church, would be something that you can use to bring glory to yourself, to fulfill your purpose of reaching the nations, of reaching lost people, of letting them know of your love, that far and away beyond changing our circumstances, may you do that. Thank you for letting us in on that great plan. I pray for the folks who maybe are discouraged because of the pattern of their lives. Give them encouragement, challenge them, help them, enable them to change seeds tonight. Set us free, Lord, to follow you with all of our hearts, to be the people that you really want us to be and to impact our community and our world in a very special way. Thank you again in Jesus' name.